podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Ofer. It's Mark Andrea Wiesler. I am Francisco Serundolo. And you're listening to the Game to the Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Here we go, one week away from the US Open. And haven't we had some fantastic tennis to really get the taste buds going? We had Djokovic versus Alcaraz. We'll go into that in a second. And we had Coco Goff winning her first ever Masters event. JG, fresh back from Budapest, ready to talk tennis. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, not bad. I've been out on the streets of Budapest with Martin Futsovic having <laughs> such a great time. Um, the real disappointing thing is, obviously, I planned the trip a few weeks ago now, and I never really factored in the fact that we I could have potentially had an Alcaraz Djokovic final matchup. Because if I would have, I would never have planned the trip. The thing with tennis is you never really know what's around the corner. And in life, if you ever book a trip, you just never know if it's going to work out. Like potentially it could have been a final against anyone else. Them two may not have been even in the tournament. Um, But it was always going to be that I was going to miss it. I'm disappointed about that because I really do feel like in men's tennis at the moment, that is the match. I don't really think there's another one which no. excites me um, like that one would. Of course, Rafael Nadal against some of the top players is always good, but he's coming towards the end of his career. He can't push Djokovic uh, like Alcaraz seems to be able to do at the moment. But on a clay court of Roland Garros, I would never put that past him. But still, Rafa's not playing at the moment. So that is the one matchup. The only other one I really like is um, Medvedev Djokovic on a hard court. I think that can sometimes be quite exciting. Holger Rune, if he's really an inspired form against one of the top players. Uh, but but all in all, Djokovic Alcaraz, to miss that is really, really disappointing. Um, but shout out to you. You did a great job. And I did catch a bit of your stream. And we're going to be talking about that matchup, I'm sure, on today's episode of the countdown. Novak Djokovic has won the Australian Open. Thirty-five matches unbeaten. He's done it. He wins his 14th Roland Garros title. Carlos Alcaraz wins the US Open and his first Grand Slam title. Yeah, well, Carlos Alcaraz, the reigning defending US Open champion. And we're sort of going against what we designed the countdown to be. I was sort of thinking we would be going with a different contender every single episode. But because of that match that we just had yesterday, I think it's only fair that we go back and we touch on that because it is the thing everybody in the tennis world is talking about Djokovic Alcaraz the number one the number two in the world they're both incredible tennis players and they put on an absolute masterclass I mean it was clinic a clinic on how to play tennis 
it was amazing. I mean, it was sort of like we just got treated to us. It was like a Grand Slam final. That's all that I can compare it to. That's what I felt like watching it. It was that dramatic. It had that much great tennis. It had its ups, its downs. It had Djokovic three double faults in a row at one point, And you thought, what is going on? But <laughs> he came through, he prevailed. And it was the youngster versus the older, the new guard, the old guard. It had everything. And I just feel that this rivalry, I'm just sad that Djokovic is at the age he is because I would love to see this for another, like, 20 years if we could have it. But I don't think it's going to be that way, Yeah, and Alcaraz had a match point, didn't he, in the yep, second set? So he had, no, he had an opportunity to end it there. And it went on all the way to the depths of a third set tire break. And the moment I saw that flick, I was thinking there's only going to be one winner. And that's exactly how it played out. Alcaraz so close, but yet so far. It was a fantastic match. Not much separated them. I thought Alcaraz looked the stronger player until Djokovic had a lease of life. And he just looked a different player in spells. I don't understand how Djokovic has done it yet again. Like... Yeah. How many? I don't think I've ever seen any sportsman, not just tennis now, where during the duration of the match, they they look completely shattered and out of it. Like he yeah. he was just done. Like he, it didn't see like a way back for him. He was physically struggling with the conditions, with just the intensity of Carlos Alcaraz. Has a few stoppages, and before you know it. He's just back to his best and just out outplaying Alcaraz in spells and finding more energy than him. I just don't understand how that's possible. Like, how can he do that all the time? I have no idea. But the the way that they both play, like, he was making... Well, Alcaraz was making Djokovic play another shot every single time. He was having to play into the corner, play a drop volley, the... It had to be the best drop volley you've ever seen that just went over the net. And Alcaraz was still sliding to the net. And when he couldn't get to them, Alcaraz, he was applauding Djokovic because he's like, there's not many I can't get to. And when Djokovic was having these ones whiz past and he was like, oh, my word. It was like rounds of applause from both players constantly because the level was just so high that it's what tennis should be. It was like a dreamland. It's like when we watched Rafa and uh, Djokovic that time at Roland Garros and you just thought, this is this is how the sport's supposed to be played. This is If I could watch this every week, then I would be in absolute dreamland. But unfortunately, we don't have players, everyone like that. If we did, maybe it, it wouldn't look as great. But I, I don't know. Sort of... I was lost for words last night because it just kept getting crazier and crazier. And it went on until the early hours of the morning in the UK. I think it eventually ended around 2am, which was absolutely nuts. I'm sure my neighbours loved that. It was going <laughs> crazy. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I feel that Novak Djokovic, 39 Masters, and he's levelled the head-to-head -head now. It's now 2 all. It could have been 3-1. Now it's 2-2. He's now got a little mental edge. He's won their only match on hard court. They played on every surface now. Is that going to be a little... I feel like he needed that. I feel like he, if Alcaraz had got the 3-1 to one lead and the only loss was when Alcaraz mentally just wasn't quite there and his body just messed up because of the mental side, 
I think Djokovic might have struggled like playing him the next time. But now I think that would have given him so much confidence now. I totally agree. I think it was super important that Djokovic won this one. I think from a neutral's perspective, if you're not a fan of either player, I know most people uh, in the sport of tennis probably do have their alliances to one of them. But what this has done for the sport is taking it to another level because Djokovic, I feel, if he would have lost to Adkaz, like you said, it would have started to look like he can't really stick with that, the new generation in Carlos. But now, going into the US Open, all eyes will be on that potential. It would have to be a final. And I think it is swinging more in favour of Djokovic slightly because he's got the last win and the only win on the hard courts in America. Um, and I'm sure so the betting odds reflect though. that now. I mean, it was so close, though. I mean, this is something that you need to look at as well. Let, let's go down and just look at the third set quickly because it. this is how ridiculous it was once you got past two all in the third. Break points. Tons of break points. That yeah. finally got the break. He was up 5-3, serving for the match, had match points, and then broken. No, sorry. He had the match points on Carlos's serve, to break him and then Carlos held and then he was serving for the match had match points and got broken on that I mean look how long these games are every single game was a battle of attrition until the really interesting thing was about the this game here it was so tough for Alcaraz to eventually hold serve and he, it was like when he celebrated at the end, it was like he won the match. It was that much of a t- tough uh, game that you see this next game. It was like he took his, like his, his mentor had gone. He, he took his foot off the pedal. Djokovic held really easily. And then he went into the tiebreak and Djokovic was Djokovic in that final tiebreak. And yeah, he just outdid him with uh, the strategy and the mental side of the game. Well, it's clear to see these are the two players who can win the US Open. I know I was chatting highly of Daniel Medvedev on the last episode. I'm not going to be too critical of him. And of course, he's got a chance. But it just seems like the other two are leaps and bounds above him at this very moment. And yeah, Adkins against Medvedev, I think that'll be an ugly match for Daniel. It'll be straight sets. And we could see an ugly scoreline, maybe a breadstick or a bagel in a few of them. Uh, in terms of Djokovic, Medvedev, that could be closer but Alcaraz has a massive shot of this US Open and it does seem like Yannick Sinner's very FC's the past Rude Runa. I feel like they're just a little bit, they're just, they're just out the way a little. I don't look at them as real contenders. It's got to be a two-horse race. I mean, if we don't get that final, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Well, that'll be that... back-to-back Grand Slams then because we had it at Wimbledon and Alcaraz beat him. You'd expect Alcaraz to do better than he did at Wimbledon than to Djokovic in a Grand Slam final, um, considering Djokovic is such a beast on grass and Alcaraz doesn't have much experience. And he still beat him then. So, I mean, I can't call it if we are, are to get the final. Of course, I'll be cheering on Carlos because I can't have Djokovic going too far in front of Rafa. Um, <laughs> but he had a lot of nice things to say, talking to Rafa, actually, because Djokovic, after the match, he said... Carlos Alcaraz reminds me of not just Rafael Nadal, but the prime Rafa. 
He used yeah. the word prime Rafa. And we also saw his praise after Wimbledon saying he's got a few of the components of all of the big three. Adiklaz has come out and said, I don't like that comment. I don't agree with it. I feel like I'm Carlos Adiklaz. I'm not like any of the big three. I'm my own player. And I think a big reason why he's doing that is to try and sell his name. He's trying to put it out there to the tennis media, to fans of the sport, to try and show that Carlos Alcaraz can be that name. And I understand why he's doing it, but I feel like it's going to take some time for that to catch on because everyone will always talk about the big three, I feel, for a lot of years until Alcaraz, I think at least another five years or maybe longer because I feel like you need the other guys to pick up handful of slams they're nowhere near it do you know what i mean they're in the start yeah. of their journey so until that happens i'm afraid to say for carlos he's always going to be drawn in comparisons to the other to the big three most definitely it's hard he, not he to. can't avoid it it's unavoidable if, <laughs> until you come even anywhere close to where they are in their numbers you can't really even i say five years i think it's gonna have to probably be about 10 years maybe maybe yeah i mean he's gonna have to get at least i feel he's gonna have to get past double figures in slams before we even start talking about it to be honest and that's how far they've put themselves ahead of yeah, everybody else in the game so and there's no certainty he's going to do that. Despite how good he nope. is, there's no certainty in sport. You never nope. know what is around the corner from one year to the next. Exactly. Um, what players are going to come through in the future? There might be another person who's faster than him, who's harder hitting than him. Can you believe that? I don't, I'm not sure I can, but it could happen. There are players out there that are yet to be discovered. Doesn't he have a brother? <laughs> Jamie yeah and he's following a similar trajectory and I've seen you play as well and people don't realize the power you have you never know you could make a late little blossom onto the tour like Aslan Karatsev did maybe that backhand you've got I mean that could rival any of the top players I scamper around the court a little bit but I don't think I've quite got the legs that uh, Alcalaz has nowhere near he is amazing. I think the one thing that we everyone can agree on, he is amazing. He was one point away from just winning that that match, and that's how close it is between him and Djokovic at the moment. It, it's as, it's like you can cut it with a knife. But here we go. You can just see on the screen here, Djokovic now the favourite for the U.S. Open. Though he's been pushed up after that win, it was Alcaraz and Djokovic in second. And Medvedev stays the same. Sinner's odds shortened slightly, and that's about it. Let's right, let's move, move on. on to the women's. So we've done the men's. Um, probably some people are sick of us keep talking about Carlos oh, Adkin and, jo no and Djokovic. But probably not, I don't know. I, think, I feel like there's so much to say about them too. We could do the whole episode on there. But <laughs> we will be speaking now about Coco Goff, the yeah. Cincinnati champion, beating Mukova in the final not many people would have expected Mukova to make it all the way to that final. She's brilliant on the clay, but she's shown she can now do it on the hard court. And it's weird because she didn't really come into this event in much form. That Montreal uh, performance, I thought, was disappointing, losing to Pagula very comfortably. Yeah. Um, but the biggest news wasn't actually the final. It was a semi-final because she's finally beaten Eager. And what did you say? It was eight attempts or something. Yes. I mean, she was had a 7-0 and record against Coco yeah. Goff and... I've said it at the end of this match. I had to cover 
the the last part of the match unfortunately for Covey he had to nip off uh, to the vet and I had to jump in just for the best bit really <laughs> I felt, felt terrible for him but I said this is like cometh the hour cometh the woman I said it's now Coco Goff's moment she has now managed to win her biggest title in America as well she's finally beaten Iga Sviantek which is sort of like the elephant in the room like when you're playing her for an eighth time and everybody just expects you to lose and she comes through and she defeats her in three hard-fought sets I thought it was an incredible performance from Coco Goff and after that I thought she's won this tournament I didn't even think Mukba was going to be able to challenge her in the final and that's no disrespect no, me too. I thought that as well. I think it was really important for her confidence and her mental to be able to be eager. She yeah. went into that final fearless and played great tennis. What I, what, I, what impressed me the most about her performance here was a defensive game. I thought uh, eager saving that match point in the third um, with that big hit. And it just looked like maybe they were just going to escape her and she wouldn't get another opportunity or a match point. Eager breaking yeah. back and just like taking it over. And that, I feel like, is the story of a lot of matches with Eager against other players who come close to beating her. But yep. if... Oh, we lost you for a second. Just while... Just, uh... can, you, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Now go again. Yeah, so with this, I've been calling this for the last three times they've played. So I'm not that shocked. I've seen it. I've, uh, it's happened now. I've seen it coming. Um, but I've just been wrong every time. And I didn't do the draw preview for this one, so I don't know what I would have picked. But I've felt that Coco Goff is going to beat her at some point in a big match. It's just a matter of time. Do I think this is now the turning point? Not really. I feel like it's... I know you're saying it is, but I, I think it's just a case of she's always had that ability to be able to beat a top, top player in a big moment. Consistently, can she do this week on, week out? I've not seen enough evidence of it yet. Um, I'm not now looking at her at the US Open. I know she's our contender to speak about, but I'm not looking at her that much differently after winning Cincinnati than I would have before. That's weird because I actually am. I feel that if you look at her results, even from Montreal, I know that she lost to Pagula, her doubles partner as well, someone who knows her game pretty well and was the eventual champion in that tournament. She actually probably gave her one of her toughest matches of that whole entire week, did uh, Coco Goff. To go on from that, look at it. She bageled Vondrousova, Grand Slam champion in that tournament, came through, beats another Grand Slam champion and another Grand Slam finalist in the final. So I feel like there's just there was just something missing for Coco Goff to be able to get a, like a tournament like this over the line. And now that it's just a week away from the US Open, surely this is the perfect catalyst just to carry it through. All of America will have heard about this. Everybody be excited now. It's just for her now to stay laser-focused and just remember what you did because I think that that's what she had problems with. The forehand was always a problem. People were targeting it. exactly that. The forehand's been so bad recently that I feel she's not been able to compete, but... When everything's going well and she's playing her, good, her best tennis, she's top She's top five player in the world. You can put her up there with a big three, I think a little bit behind them because I don't think she necessarily has the same power and weapons, what they do. Um, but the reason I don't see this much differently is because I feel 
in these real big moments of like a grand slam, I don't know if against the bigger hitters, I don't see her being able to do it. I know she did it against Higa, so she's shown it, but that's once out of eight. I mean, does it mean she can have another seven attempts just to get another, or eight, another eight attempts, sorry, to get another one win? Maybe not, but it could be four attempts. It's probably worth noting. Still only 19 years of age as well. So still a teenager, still growing. And just because she's been on the tour for quite a while, we seem to think that ah, oh, she should be much better than she actually is. She's just always coming up against tough tough uh, opposition and she does have a lot of weight in her shoulders I think as well because everybody expecting her to do something all the time there's there's well, a it's lot like the point of you just said about the US thing as well like being in the US Open and yeah, all the crowd I mean, are like in New York yeah and they've adored Serena Williams for so many years there and it seems like she is the natural replacement from America you could maybe say Pagula but I don't feel like she lifts the crowd like Coco does yeah. Uh, she's more of a favourite and I feel she is the next in line to Serena Williams who could get a lot of people behind her. She'll get the average American, I think, watching tennis to see how Coco Goff gets on at the US Open. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, let's see where she is now in these odds for the US Open. And Iga still the favourite. We've got Saba second. Rebecca in third, and we've got to her. She pulled out again, did she? Yeah, she withdrew from the last event. Yeah. She was playing Paolini. Happened and... a lot this year. It's too many withdrawals. Well, that whole tournament was riddled with uh, withdrawals. I mean, guess it's fairly close to the US Open, so yeah, precautions, but a lot of withdrawals on the men's and women's side. Don't know how many of them to believe are actual true injuries. Obviously, Holger Luna, he pulled out injured uh, with a lower back. Fokina, lower back. Uh, Rebakina, out as well. I don't know what her injury was. I know she had a, I think it's that shoulder she always has taped like heavily in recent months. So there's a few players carrying a few knocks coming into this US Open. And if you're one of the fresh ones, Maybe you'll be able to go a bit further than some of these ones. There we go. Anyway, let's move on to the next section of the countdown, and it's going to be latest news. And I've just realised we forgot to press the contenders button, so maybe we'll have to add that one in later. That's fine. I think we can miss it for today. Right, right. so let's speak about latest news. This is where we go to Twitter and see some of the latest US Open news. We'll go through five tweets or so. And what is the first one? Well, well, well. Uh, This news, uh, Simona Halep has been automatically withdrawn from the US Open amid her provisional doping ban. I saw Jose Morgado tweeting about this earlier as well, saying it's just taken so long. I think it's from last October or something. Yeah, it's dragging out. I mean, is she innocent or guilty? This is what... I don't know. And there's part of me thinking, with all of the stuff that's going on in the world today, you're going to call me conspiracy, Ben, but when they want somebody silenced or they want to make you look guilty of something maybe you haven't even done, they're able to do it these days. And we've seen it with other people in in like media or influencers or people like that. 
there are allegations that come out against you when maybe you have views that don't agree with other people. So I'm not saying that is the case, but I'm saying I'm not even sure what to believe anymore on anything. When some they want someone to go away, they tend to go away. I don't know. It just seems like something's going like this. There's got to be something there. Um, and it just things don't look, look good for Simona Hallett, let's be honest. Coming towards the end of her career, I don't think she'll play tennis again. I'll put it out there. Very sad, that is. Yeah. I mean, that would be devastating. I could be totally wrong, but I don't think she's going to play again. And well, the news here is that she's withdrawn from the US Open. Yeah, she's been physically withdrawn automatically. And there you go. It's just more of the same and news. Taylor there. Townsend into the main draw. Hmm. That's pretty good. Well done for her. Just going to get rid of this one. This is an ad. Right. Moving down. Oh, I thought these ones might be on there. Typical. It so Djokovic jo- and Alcaraz are the only ones who can win the US Open. They've got <laughs> Yannick Sinner turning around. <laughs> I mean, he's been good recently. He's had a great, great year. He's definitely progressing. Can he beat Djokovic? No, he can't. I'm sorry, I just still don't see him beating Novak Djokovic. He crumbled at Wimbledon. I thought it was a weak performance. He didn't play anyone great. He had a nice draw. You'd think that would help him because he's not exerted his body too much. And we've spoke about his physical issues many times. You could maybe look at it on the other way, saying that because he didn't play anyone good, he wasn't able to get up to the level to play Djokovic. Either way, I don't see him beating him. Adkalazi can come closer and it will be a good match, I'm sure. But Djokovic, I don't see him beating him. I feel that Alcaraz is moving a fast trajectory, though. And if you don't try and keep hold of his coattails, then he will disappear into the distance. That's the problem with Alcaraz. Yeah. And with Sinner, I feel to win the US Open, he's probably going to have to beat Djokovic at some point. <laughs> probably. I can just see it happen. He's going to have to beat him. He's going to get on court and then his head's going to go down. And then the, the Karota boys will be there in the crowd and... Well, anyway, moving down into the next one. Got the qualifying draw out. Oh, that's quite interesting. You can speak a little bit about this, I guess. We've got Scat off there, 23rd seed. Uh, Comisana, I like him. The uh, Argentinian, right? Yep. Jerusalem in qualifying. (laughs) Comboss. I mean, does he just always live (laughs) in qualifying? Whatever happens is always just about the right ranking for qualifying. We keep going down. Who else do I like the look of? Moreno Del Alboron, one of my favourite players. Uh, he's great. Pedro Martin is another one who just loves to qualify, will always Client. be there. Mark Polman's as well, just lives in the qualifying. <laughs> Dennis Novak. Just, these guys are born for it. Benoit Pair, sad, Benoit isn't Pair. it, that he's now a qualified? Yeah, it's part of me that just feels like he just doesn't care these days, but maybe that's just me. Maybe he does. Doesn't it's care. Hard. Yeah, he doesn't care, does Pear. Right, move down to the next one. Oh, this one. Was that an official tweet no. or was that just people? Okay, sorry, I'm not very good on this whole Twitter, Twitter sphere. Luigi right. Gatto, 2010 US Open, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic with their respective girlfriends. Oh, that's a nice pick, isn't it? Look how young they all are. I know. <laughs> like a school photo. Looks like Rafa's got like a little pink, pink headband, but it's a flower. <laughs> it's proper Spanish, isn't it? It's typical he'd have that like flower in his hair. Why not? Flamenco style. Shouldn't have your photo taken with the uh, press passes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got in trouble with that. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, we're getting trouble with that as well. Pause it. Yeah, I'll pause that. And this is uh, 2022 semi-finalist Sabalenka is back at the US Open. Great to see her back on court. She'll be one of the favourites for what sure. to her against Mukova again? I know, it's ridiculous. I mean, Mukova's just got a number, I if think. She, if she faces Mukova at the US Open, beats Mukova her. beats her. Yeah. I thought it was written in the stars. Mukova's actually one of those players that now is looking like an all-surface player and yeah, looks like she good. can she can go deep in every single tournament I think she plays in now, which is brilliant. Right. Favourite section now? <laughs> yeah, that's latest oh, news wrapped up. Let us know what you think and give us some latest news as well in the comments section, which maybe we've missed and we can react in the comments. Um, but this section is the tennis shootout where me and Ben go head to head. Oh, right. So, go. I don't think I've been very successful on the last few. I don't think I've actually been successful at all at the US Open on the countdown. Uh, I've not got many right at all. I think you got the odd one right, which is bizarre for your your standards getting anything right on the countdown that's it but we've got 30 seconds we've both got a question for each other which we prepared and it's got to be us open related um i've been traveling all day i've not slept much i've not had much time to think about this question usually i go into a different realm and find something weird and wacky today i've not gone weird and wacky i've gone back to basics but it's definitely an important question which i would hope you would get right um, but you may not get right because you oh. got you got it wrong yet last week, didn't you? About Serena Williams yeah, and Venus. I mean, please, I mean, Did you get fifty-fifty. I'm, I'm not really good on the history. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's just one of those things. Obviously, since we started doing the podcast, we I think anything since we've been doing the podcast, I probably know much more than yeah, the past. Too. I was very much Wimbledon, like. I was a, well, you've got to remember, when we're doing these podcasts, we're revising because we're actually yeah. saying it out loud. So it's exactly solidifying it in our brains. When we used to watch tennis before, we used to watch it, but not really taking the stats to... so much. Well, that's you it. don't absorb it. But let's but see what you've absorbed anyway in recent years, because this is a great question, and I'm going to be going first today. Oh, so get the music man. ready. You're always first. All right, go on then. Okay. <sighs> God. So my question to you is this. There's been many young Grand Slam champions. By the US Open, for the men's, who is the youngest US Open champion? Oh, no. The name and the year. Go. The year? Ridiculous. I've struggled to get the actual name of the youngest US Open champion. My word. You might know. You should know it. Just think. As part of me thinks it could be someone like Beyond Borg or someone like that. I don't know. Trying to think who was young winning. Boris Becker? Did he win any of them? (laughs) That's always the one that you go for the answer of. (laughs) Or it could be. What age was Sampras when he won his first one? He's normally my guy. Can't even think. Right, I need an answer, Ben. I mean, I'll go with 
Sampras. <laughs> and the year? Oh, um, 1991. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's terrible. Well, how old was Sampras in 1991? No, right. So, right. I can confirm <laughs> it is correct. It is Pete Sampras. He was 19 years old, but it was in 2002. Um, yeah, I've gone a bit too crazy there. So you're about dates. 11 years out with the dates, but you've got Why the right you always names. always give me well two-part questions all the time? Stop giving me two-part <laughs> well, questions. Well, you basically got it right because you got Pete Sampras, so well done. Obviously, he was 19 years and 29 days. The obvious one, which I thought you would say was Carlos Adkaz, he was also 19 years, but 129 days. So it was, I it was too obvious, though. That I, there was part of me thought that that's right in front of your face. I don't don't go for that one. Yeah, but it was only 100 days in it. Pistol Pete is my guy, so I thought you might be trying to just help me out by just picking my guy. So I went for Pistol Pete. But sorry, I just got his years completely wrong. I'm just like not up to date. If you ask me when the wars were, I'll probably get that wrong as well. That's how good my history knowledge is. Wasn't very good at that at school, I tell you. Right. right. Well, I'll have to get half a point, do I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Give you half. I'll take it. I'll take it. Round it up. Right. Okay. I'll go on to my one. Isn't it weird? We both picked a question and now I'm going to actually give you, I don't know how this works, but I always give you some possible answers so i'm gonna be giving you some possible answers to this the oldest u.s open champion <laughs> how weird are these are the questions that we pick you always go for old I, we didn't we didn't confer but you went for the youngest and i've gone for the oldest so how, we could have gone for the same thing but we didn't the oldest u.s open champion was bill larned in 1911 but how old was he? Was he A, 35, B, 38, C, 41, or D, 44? Okay, this is not even open era, so it's ridiculous. So we've got 35, 38, 41, 43. 44. They're all like threes. It wouldn't have been that old wouldn't have been that old I mean <laughs> I think it's if I had to choose I'm very much going for 38 then I think I hate to say it but I feel like that is what I have to do final answer yeah I think it's going to have to be 38 you probably tricked me and it's going to be old but I feel like in that that era like surely plays sportsmen couldn't play that late there's all drinking and smoking and yeah remember the footballers from the early days they were they retired yeah exactly people didn't live past about 35 did they i don't know um so you said 38 i can confirm that the oldest champion bill larned was 38 years eight months and three days when he won the last of his seven oh, singles sick. titles there you go yeah. jg bing 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 so we both sort of got it right so yeah. no i thought I, I thought it had to be i just don't feel like it was gonna be later than that like maybe i should have been a bit 
touched them together a bit closer. I thought yeah, that I thought if you I... was going to go 35, 36, 37, 38. I did that on the last one and you just made it far too confusing for you. Yeah, if you so did I that, I'd... I would have struggled. I think I'd have gone 37. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I can, I made it a little bit easier for you. And there right. you go. You got a right answer. So that's Finally. the end of the tennis shootout. We both sort of got one right for a change. <laughs> Let me know if you got those ones right in the comment section as well. Move on to what's the, the worst, one? the worst section ever. I absolutely hate it. It's called you big it up notes. a bit more. People are they're going to skip it. No, otherwise. it's terrible. This one is the best version. We're only a week away. Just skip it right now, everyone. It's called Rankings Update. Don't skip it. <laughs> and and Ben did a great video on this actually today. And it's about the seeds. So let's get it up. And we're not going to mess around. And it is the confirmed seeding for the US Open. First on the men's, Adiklaz confirmed number one. Djokovic, two. Medvedev, three. Runa, four. Rude, five. Sinner, six. Sissipas, seven. And Rublev, eight. Um, so you're going to go through them all then? I was like, no, I... <laughs> just the top eight. And then we've got Struff in 22. That's a big one, Ben. Struff playing? No, he's not, sadly. Yeah, I put him in there, but he's been replaced by, well, they've all shifted up and Laszlo Gere has now filled the 30 seconds. It's always spot. Laszlo Gere. He's always there, isn't he? He's always there just sneaking in. He gets, does it all right in a What's few What's the other Serbian player? Kezmanovic, he snuck in when Djokovic kept getting... What, um, any of those players out. in there surprise you that they're in the seeds? Well, Evans, he's had a really good few months, one, I one guess, playing well. So, same with Greek sport, playing well. At Bublik's had some good spells for Kina. So, they all deserve it. They're all good, solid players. The only one who I don't feel like's done amazing, I know Manorino did win the title as well, but it's just him. Like, if I'd looked at all of them names, I feel the most disappointing probably this year I think Hachanov's been good this year he's pulled out of quite a bit had a few injury problems TFO's been a bit wobbly not as good as he was last year uh, but aside from that Manorino's my weakest one or Umbert yeah I mean but Umbert's coming back he's yeah, actually been alright he's on the comeback I feel that Manorino yeah I don't know how he snuck in <laughs> into 23rd as well he must have just been picking up points Somewhere else. Well, we saw him at the challenge. <laughs> He's just been playing challengers, picking up points just enough to get himself up there. Won a challenger. And now he's up into the top 20. Well, not top 20, top 23. Um, the one player that I think is probably one of the most disappointing. Two, actually. They're next to each other. Felix and Norrie. I feel that those two this year, disappointing. I think Cam Norrie, he was Mr. Consistent like last year or the year before. Yeah. Now... He can barely string two wins together. He's lost his last four in a row. Not looking good coming into the US Open, old Cam. Yeah, let's bring up the women's. Let's have a look at the seeding for that one. There you go. So we've got number one, Eager. Number two, Sabah. Number three, Pegula. Four, Rebakana. Five, Jabur. Six, Coco Goff. Seven, Garcia. And eight, Sarkari. Yeah. Um, Sarkari being eight, of course. She likes getting to the final eight or the final four. Doesn't like getting beyond that, but she's shown she can get to a final recently. Could do well. Ondrusov has been outstanding this year, had her best one. I think Samsonova's had a good few weeks. Vekic, hot and cold, but I do like her. Cochioretto's got to be the big surprise. Like I wouldn't expect to have seen her at the yes. US Open as like one of the top seeds, or A seed, sorry. Um, 
And then the other surprise, I guess, would be um, where's it gone? I just saw it a second ago. Lynette. Well, yeah, the biggest surprise for me is how is Garcia still in the like top seven? I feel like she's got points from like now to the yeah, end of the year. I think so. She must have. I mean, for me, she hasn't played well in like a few weeks, to be honest. I mean, she. she I think give it a few months and she's going to drop big time. I think so. she was quite well. She was. Really she had a purple patch, but year. she's out of that purple patch now. I'm surprised the bookers have her so high. Yeah, I mean, this year she's been to deep in Monterey. Uh, she did all right in Lyon at the beginning of the year as well. Other than that, not really been past like third rounds. Or, or she's lost four in a row coming into Cleveland. She just won her first match in five matches against Flavitova. But other than that... I, other people, Zeng, she's won a tournament recently, finally, for her first title. Kuda Metava, probably one of the most disappointing, I'd say. Uh, losing yep. to Venus Williams recently. But other than that, yeah, they all the similar names, though. None of them really budge, do they, from this no. seedings? Yeah, there we go. That right. sums up the rankings update. <laughs> go check out Ben's video for a bit more detail. Uh, the last segment of the countdown is going to be surprise package and we've come up with how it works now so we've got a spreadsheet we've put some maths behind it and we're basically going to be rewarded for lower ranked players you get more points if they advance through the event me versus ben and we've got a catalog of players for the us open so we'll read out some of the ones we've got so far if you go right. down, this is our Roland Garros one. So the US Open, so far on the men's, I've got Eubanks, Lehechka, Berrettini, and Monfils. And you've got Hachanov, Zverev, Shelton, and Hercat. On the women's, I've got Keys, Fernandez, Andreescu, Collins. Collins turned terrible since I picked her. <laughs> and you've got Andreva, Svitolina, Parks, Navarro. I think that's terrible, mate. I don't know what you're doing. Um, your men's is better than your women's. I don't rate your women's ones at all. Uh, but all let's right. add to this collection. Do you want to go yeah. first for the men's? I'm going to have to have a look down the list. I haven't really even given it a uh, a thought at the moment. But if you've got one in mind, then please go for it. Well, I don't really have one in mind. I know who I'm going to go for, actually. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to do it. I'm going to continue my theme and everyone's going to be like, is he feeling all right? I don't know if I am feeling all right. I'm going to go for... I'm, the theme of mine is young Americans. So I'm going to keep it going. And I'm going to do it on the men's side. And I'm going to have Alex Mickelson. <laughs> I think that's He's 130 in the world. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm going to go for someone a bit older in mine to add to it. And it's okay. going to be Andy Murray. I think he is value in a grand slam oh. to beat someone big. He's shown it this year. Murray, good points on offer, and I think he's got grand slam pedigree. Quite like that one. Sad I didn't pick Murray, but maybe I'm, I think I've got a theme. I think I've got too many. I've got two young female Americans and two yeah. young Murray Americans now. better on mine than yours. Yeah, I mean, yours is definitely a stronger <laughs> candidate, but probably higher ranked candidate. So maybe I've got... Yeah. Some more points coming my way if they all do well. If 
for the women's i'm gonna have to go down a list and just have a quick look just to see who i'm gonna add do you have anybody in mind for yours yes i do i'm Ooh. gonna be going for sloan stevens oh that surprises me yeah i'm gonna go sloan stevens i was really impressed with her loss at wimbledon i thought she played very well against Vekic. <laughs> um Pressed and she's got pedigree at the us open we've seen what she's done here before I like her. I think uh, she's got the ability on her day to beat anyone. She's playing really well. Sloane Stevens for me is my pick. I feel like she's done something all right recently as well. Mm, trying not, to bring it up. Not really so sure, but she not do um, anything. Like she did some. She beat someone who I thought was oh, that's not bad. Have I just made that up? You, <laughs> I don't know. Go on. Oh, she beat so, Garcia. Okay. I guess it's not that amazing, but yeah, she beat Garcia. She beat Garcia. I mean, I, I don't You'll know. You'll be in half Garcia. After what? Yeah, maybe. And, oh, yeah. Sorry, and the Vondrusova one at Cincinnati. It was straight sets, but it was a close two sets. <laughs> I'm going Sloane Stevens anyway. I think she can turn it on at the US Open. Right. So I reckon I should go for someone. I'm going to go down the rankings again, I think. And this one might be interesting. You've gone for Sloane Stevens. She's actually a former champion. Don't forget Sloane Stevens. So that is a wise pick. And I'm going to go for somebody else who's a Grand Slam champion. Sophia Kennan. I thought you were going to write keys then. I'm like, that's yeah. taken. <laughs> keys. No, my, my keyboard is actually screwed. Every button I press seems to go about 10 times at the moment. I think I need some a new MacBook at the minute. It's all right. I know a technician who can sort you out. Oh, nice. Does it get fixed straight away? Yeah, it takes uh, 14 working days. Is that all? But, <laughs> send it, send but no, Kenny, I don't, I don't like that pick. I'm glad you've got it. It just adds to your trash. <laughs> so there you go. Let us know your surprise packages. If you want to look at some of the previous tournaments there, I've just highlighted in pink anybody who made it past the, the quarterfinals. As you can see, there's no pink on jg's side yet maybe the us open he'll get some players through now he's got 20 to pick from unfortunately can... we've run out of time there so we're not going to be looking at that <laughs> pick <laughs> right. but i can assure you my us open ones will be better than ben's let us know what you guys think in the comments section thanks for joining us for another countdown one week to go i'm going to be having an operation this week on my eyes so bear with me if you're seeing with sunglasses on the next few streams um, but thank you everyone for watching if you haven't already like subscribe do all the other stuff and we will be back for one more countdown depending on how I feel that's right that one will be the night before the yep. US Open begins see you guys then vamos Edemar <laughs> Podcast Network.